Is everybody ready? Everybody's working for the weekend. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. It's Friday. I'm in love. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Great job by Austin on Sounds of the Week. Brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Fantastic race, uh, rates, free car washes, 24-7 shuttle service detail, oil changes, and glass repair while you're away. Diamond Airport with the best rewards program in Utah. Only airport valet service in Utah. Park, ride, and save just off I-80 and Redwood Road. That is Diamond Airport Parking. We're going to talk to uh, Big T, Thurl Bailey, coming up here momentarily. Of course, uh, Big T uh, does, um, well, he does pre-half and post for AT&T Sportsnet, but also uh, does a bunch of games with Bowler during the season as well. So he does. Excited and to talk to Big T. I'm imagining that uh, Thurl is pretty... Uh, enthused about what's taking place this offseason but he may have some some specific analysis as to how he thinks this is going to fit together because he's been watching all this for a long time now but uh i don't know how you can't be uh enthusiastic about it maybe at some point during the season we'll be able to more clearly understand if there are shortcomings where they are but like when you're, for instance, take what Locke said there about Ricky Rubio. I mean, that is a huge upgrade, Mike Conley. And I'm not saying Mike Conley is a superstar or anything like that, but he is really, really good. And that's a pretty important position to be really good at. It directs everything. It triggers everything. Even though the Jazz don't depend on the point guard the way they did back in the Stockton years, they still is a huge part of what they're trying to do, especially in the modern NBA, where that guy, if he has an open shot, has to be able to hit it, and that's something Ricky Rubio could never really do in any kind of consistent way. You know what? You hit on something interesting there, Gordon. I don't know if they rely on the point guard any less than they did in the John and Carl days, as much as it's just different. Well, It's, it's I, yeah. different. The okay. requirements of the job, I think, are, are different. Then how do you differentiate between the two? Because Stockton had the ball in his hands a lot. And I think Mike Conley will have his the ball in his hands a lot, but not not as much as Stockton. But you're also required... Um, let me put it this way: as opposed to just dumping it down to Carl, it's more like you're in a you're a quarterback for a for an NFL team where you've got to make these reads uh-huh. and you've got to do the right thing coming off the pick and roll, and you're going to run the pick and roll a lot. And when Donovan's running the pick and roll, you have a different role on the team where you better make the open shot and you better make your cuts correctly. So it's it's just different. So let me let me throw this in there. When there was Stockton and Malone were there, when did they get great? Well, I don't know. I, what happened? Are you looking for a point in time or? Yes, an event that happened. Well, they gave the Lakers a run for their money in, what was that, 88? That's not a bad answer, but it's not the answer I'm looking for. It's when they traded for Jeff Hornacek. Okay. So Hornacek comes in. Now they have that third guy, uh, the guy who can. Might not get the assist all the time, but can make a pass that leads to an assist. And so that was true back when Stockton was dominating the ball so much. So it's certainly true now for Donovan Mitchell, who, like you were just talking about, 
Mike Conley's not the only one that's going to be counted on to read and recognize. And Donovan's going to have to do that. But so did Jeff Hornacek. He did it, too, even when Stockton was so much of a focal point as far as triggering the offense. So you know it's true now. I just can't believe you'd go at Jeff Malone and Bobby Hansen like that. What, they weren't good enough? No. They weren't. Somewhere there's a a tear streaming down Jeff Malone's cheek. (laughs) Sideways, like leaning. I don't think so. Do you think that, remember that, how he used to like, even if he had a wide open set shot, he was fading. Which way did he fade? Right or left? I can't remember. Both, didn't he? I thought he had one where he, I thought he he always, was it always, he always faded left? I can't remember. All I know was a huge upgrade when Horny showed up. Jeff Malone averaged like 20 points a game for the Jazz. I remember doing a man on the street thing down in Houston when the Jazz were playing the Rockets in the, uh, in the Western Conference Finals. And I'm talking to this woman about the Jazz, just sort of getting a feel for how Rockets fans felt about the Jazz. And she said, I'll tell you the player I really like for the Jazz. It's Jeff Havlicek. It's, he is so good. I'm just looking at her like, Jeff Havlicek, huh? Okay. He is good. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think there are parallels now. And with the way Quinn designs his offense with the ball movement and whatnot, it's even more important for Donovan to be uh, to be every bit of what Jeff Warnasek was and then so. Because Jeff was never featured in that offense. Well, it was yeah, great point. Because I was about to say, Donovan's got a much bigger role than yeah. Jeff Hornacek ever yeah. did. But he will be put in situations where he does have to read and recognize and yep. make the smart, timely pass. Uh, but I just don't want to see him do that too frequently. That's the thing. I, I, I still, as I was watching that video the other day of Team USA losing to that uh, that collection of uh, of never worse okay. I, I hate to say it that way okay but Donovan was kind of passive as that was happening he did miss a dunk and he missed he got a shot blocked driving to the basket See, man that, that just can't happen for Donovan in in this particular season coming up he cannot sit he's not going to have opportunity he shouldn't take opportunity to just sit back now there will be times when other guys can lift the team and do some things but his mindset has to be aggressive attack the rim take the shot get open take the take the man one on one and and make him pay he has to. And if we see any kind of hesitancy in that regard, just because he's got more weapons around him now, uh, that will be unfortunate for the Jazz's fortunes. Well, maybe Pop was throwing the game. Well, it probably was. Because you thought but that... But they played uh, like crap. You thought Chuck Daly threw the game back in the day. That, that, uh, Krzyzewski said he did. Um, and we know that Krzyzewski would never lie about... Any kind of inappropriate payments, or you know whether Chuck Daly was throwing the game or not, you got to believe him. You got to think Donovan's trying to find his role on that particular team. I I actually think that that would be quite challenging. We've got so much talent assembled together. You know who gets to be the guy? Who who's the role player? I mean, guys that are used to being the the alpha now have to figure out what their role is on a different team. I bet that's uh, I bet that's challenging for anybody actually. Well, you're making it sound as though maybe he won't uh, he won't be counted on to take any shots at all practically since you think he's going to average like 12 points a game. What are you talking about? When since when did 25 become 12? <laughs> 
And actually, I do think he's going to be the guy on this team. I actually think you can make a strong argument that he might be the best player on this team. For those of you who don't get what we just did, Jake and I have a bet. And I say Donovan Mitchell will average 26.0 points or higher. And Jake thinks he's going to average less than 26. That is true. But it, you've certainly backed down a lot from you and Luck. The, what were you guys saying, 28 yeah, a game? Well, we were saying that that's possible. But we now that so much is on the line with our bet, I, I needed a little bit of... Now that you figured out only two players in the whole league averaged 28 <laughs> points a game last year. Who was it again, well, James Harden? And who was Paul it? George. Paul George. Now all of a sudden you're like, mm, maybe that is asking a little bit much. <laughs> well, Locke and I were in the same boat on that one. Lofty expectations. Yes, indeed. And I understand your point of view that opportunities might be fewer because there are other options on the team and whatnot. I understand all that. But I just think Donovan is going to benefit so much from having other guys who are threats so that defenses have to honor those players and stay home that Donovan will be able to take advantage of that. I also think improving your scoring average by four points, over four points a game, that's really hard to do and actually to donovan's credit he basically did it last year almost did it last year. well for our bet- betting purposes it's 2.3 i was going on your previous yeah. ludicrous expectations <laughs> of, of getting up to 28 yeah <laughs> yeah well we'll see how it goes but i i i if i'm mike conley i'm coming in and i am encouraging donovan mitchell to be the man yeah, that, because but Mike is smart enough to do that, and that's why you've heard him say so many nice things about Donovan Mitchell. I don't think he's saying nice things about Donovan so that he can come in and take over the team. I think he's he's doing this because he knows, one, that it's politically correct coming to a new team, and he is the young star. And uh, But I also think he, he believes that it's what's best for the team as a whole. Seems like and it is. It seems like he's had that that mentality, and you know we'll we'll I guess see it when we see it, Gordon. But based on everything you can, well, our interaction when he came in and uh, did an interview on the big show, he was he was terrific. Could not have been no. uh, could not have been more cordial. I mean, it seems like the type of dude that gets it. Yeah. But I guess you never really know. But I, I think I think we do know. Well, I bet on guy. the guy getting uh, best teammate of the year awards yeah. as voted on by his peers. I'd say that's probably a pretty decent sign. Yeah, I, I think that's an indication that he is what he seems to be, which is I get your skepticism because that's not always the point. I think he's going to fit in seamlessly. I'd be shocked. I would be shocked if he comes in and there's problems created. It's not when Chris Paul went to Houston and we all said, ooh, how's that going to (laughs) go? Yeah, yeah. Is Chris Paul going to be, is he really going to take a backseat to James Harden? Is he really going to? acquiesce that locker room to Harden, or is he going to come in and poison it like he did the Clippers locker room, or how's that going to go? I don't have that feeling with Conley. Yeah, me neither. And think about what Chris Paul at L.A., and that was a problem there. And I have not, in all the people we've talked to, Jake, from Memphis, we have not found a single one that has negative things to say about Mike Conley. Now, you might be able to point out some of the shortcomings in his game, but as far as his attitude, and his relationship with teammates, uh, nothing but absolutely A-plus across the board. And that's coming off a year last year where Memphis lost a lot of games. That could not have been easy, right? Yeah. I mean, if there was ever an opportunity to, to 
let frustration show a little bit. Last year was probably the year when you're surrounded by youngsters that don't even know how to tie their shoes, and you're losing <laughs> a bunch of basketball games. It'd probably be pretty easy to get Ben out of shape, and by all indications, he, he couldn't have that situation better. How do you think he felt in his innards about Marcus All exiting the building? Because they were close. Those two. He was happy to see him win a championship. Uh, he, to handle that the way he did uh, and for him to be left behind and have to deal with the mess, uh, th- that's an indication of, of dude's attitude. Yeah, I would think so. Mm-hmm. That's, that's probably a pretty good sign. But that's going to be really important because one of the Jazz strengths, um, in, and you've, I think you've come along with this opinion, the last two years the Jazz have really overachieved. Yeah. They've, they've been better than they probably should have been. And Especially think, at the offensive end. And I think there are a lot of factors that go into that, and maybe this one isn't the biggest factor, but their positive vibe as a team has been helpful. The fact that they've had a good good thing going in the locker room, I don't think that makes or breaks a team, mm-hmm. but it certainly helps. Well, I and know they, it, yeah. it would be helpful for them to keep that, I think. I know from my conversations with Quinn Snyder that dude loves positive attitude. He loves it. You know, he's not afraid of facing facts and looking at what the realities are. But he wants the people around him to be positive, especially the guys that are on the floor and the guys in the locker room all the way around. He's looking for positive people. And that's what the Jazz... What does he talk to you for? Uh, You know, that that actually might be a good question. (laughs) Because I'm not on the team. No, but you're, you're not the most positive person I know. You're but pretty I, far off but, from the most positive person I know, actually. I've been so optimistic and positive this week, and you have done nothing but run me down. <laughs> that, is, that is so far from is, true. Is there a reason that maybe I'm, I'm not saying. the most positive guy? Because when I am positive, then you try and run me down, you tear me down, you kick me in the onions, you make no, me feel I'm just bad saying, about what you're, I'm saying. You're making a really good point and actually very insightful about Coach Snyder that maybe a lot of our listeners don't necessarily know that he really likes players with a positive attitude, but then he also communicates with you and you're not necessarily that way. Well, the thought had occurred to me. Yeah. But I'm not on the team. Okay. He can tolerate me. So in his personal life, he likes a little negativity. <laughs> But in his professional life, keep it keep it upbeat. He likes to keep it real. Okay. But when he's in the throes of battle, he doesn't want some negative Nelly over there going, hey, "We can't do this. Or, We're not doing this right." Or I need I need more minutes. I'd, I'd be. Able I don't to- like three hour practices. That sort of thing. <laughs> what moron would ever say that? I have no idea. That's, of course, referring to Trey Lyles, if you don't know what we're talking about, because he complained on a podcast with Richard Jefferson when he, after, of course, he left and went to Denver or was traded. Uh, and my favorite part about that, though, was Richard Jefferson trying to be like, oh, no, no, don't. <laughs> Richard Jefferson gave him an out like, oh, come on, man. But, and then you know. he attacked him. And Richard said, oh, so, oh poor you, three-hour practices. Yeah. <laughs> He's making fun of He's mocking him. Quick side note, Richard Jefferson is a terrific analyst. He's a smart guy, yep. He's he's really really good, mm-hmm. yeah. and he was you know what he was that way when he was here. He, he was, was he was a pleasure to cover. It's no no surprise that he's as good as he is in that regard. We should have utilized him more back in the Seriously. day, shouldn't we? 
and he was he was a great influence on the team. Speaking of good locker room guys, mm-hmm. How, here's a guy who never was. Oh, hey, now there, Gordon. Joining us now, <laughs> thorough Big Team Bailey on the Sprint Special Guest Line. What's going on, Big T? Yeah, I disrupted a bunch of locker rooms, man. That's going to punch me in. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. That was kind of your uh, reputation, wasn't it, Thurl? Yeah, you know me. Always disrupting something. Oh, that's yeah. you, Gordon. What are you talking about? Hey, jump, jump. <laughs> oh, dude, Gordon's locker room poison. Yeah, that's, that's I would, sure. I'd be thrown out of there, I'm sure. How important is that, though? Big T, jump in on this conversation. How important is a healthy locker room to the overall success or lack thereof of an NBA team? I think it's vital. It's vital. Now, that doesn't mean everybody has to get along or will get along, but I think there has to be, uh, you know, some leadership in there that can calm the waters when things aren't going right. And, and sometimes it, it's not always the coach. I mean, it has to be players that, that know how to lead. There are guys who are getting big paychecks, but they may not necessarily know how to lead guys. Um, and it doesn't have to be totally vocal all the time, but, you know, it's nice to have that strong voice or voices in the locker room of, of, of guys that have the respect of their teammates, uh, especially when, you know, a lot of those players-only meetings that happen when the season, uh, when things are, are not going so well. Um, and, and it also comes from the top. I mean, the coach is a part of that locker room as well. So uh, that's, it's, I think it's a vital part in today's NBA. Earlier we were talking about the addition of Mike Conley, and he's, he's a team leader. He's got that that uh, conscientious attitude, team first. Seems like everybody loves playing with him. But he, So you bring in a leader like him, and you already have Donovan Mitchell on this team, and you have Rudy Gobert on this team, who are leaders. Uh, how do you handle that as a veteran player coming into that circumstance? How do you, do you have to lead a little differently? You know, you don't want to take over and you're the new guy. How, how do you handle it? Well, first of all, I don't think you're a new guy. You might be a new member of that team, but I think you've already got the respect of everybody knowing your history, first of all. You're a winner. Um, you know, you've got game. Uh, you're you're a huge addition to what the Jazz are wanting to do to get to the next level. So I think a lot of that with Mike is, I mean, the the transition of the segue just to another team. Uh, I think it's actually going to be easier coming to this particular team and this philosophy where you're not really competing, uh, you know, for attention. Um, it's 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 a it's still a team concept, even though you've got guys who can. Um, who can go out and do what you ask them to do on an individual basis night after night. So I, I personally don't think that Mike's going to have any, any type of issues transitioning, only maybe getting, uh, and maybe not even so much that because he, he played the grind-out defense for so long, I mean offense for so long. Um, but I think he knows the game well enough that, that the philosophy that that the Jazz are using defense, defense first and, hey, we you know we we, we got to put up some points. I think that falls right in his in his wheelhouse. Thurl, we haven't talked to you in a minute. Uh, give us a little review on the Jazz offseason uh, as you see it. How much better did they get? Well, obviously on paper they got a lot better. I mean, I'm 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 looking at everything that's been carried out over the summer, and I'm thinking, you no, know, no more of this. 
you know, getting to the first round, probably seeing Houston again, and and you know, and, and getting through that, getting knocked out after. I, I see a team that can go beyond that. I think the conversation more than it has been in a long time. Um, you should be talking about winning a championship. You should be talking. I, mean, I know the goal is always that, but I think as I look at what the moves the Jazz have made, um, that's what the Jazz should be talking about. I think they're they're closer to it, albeit on paper right now, they're closer to it than they've been in a long time. Farrell, uh, how do you see the defense being affected by the moves? Do you think it'll be just as good as it was before, or has it been compromised in the, with the absence of Derek Favors? No, I think it could be just as good. I think it could be better, and that's that's not a knock on Derek Favors because he was amazing, uh, especially on that end of the court, uh, and having a guy like Rudy Gobert uh, kind of overshadow him in that sense. But um, I look at the things that D. Favors did when Rudy wasn't on the floor, and uh, and he helped the Jazz win a lot of games in doing that. But uh, I think our our on-ball defense has gotten better. And I say that because I think uh, Donovan Mitchell is going to come back better on both ends of the court. Mike Conley's always been known as that kind of a guy who who can uh, you know cause some trouble out there on the floor. And I think the nice thing is that these guys don't necessarily rely on Rudy. You know, they don't slack up on the outside saying, "Oh, I know I got help on the inside with Rudy." Uh, Rudy, his presence does a lot for the Jazz. I mean, it makes guys decide not even to think about going in there. Uh, and although he's going to be challenged more and more every year because, you know, their team's going to throw different defenses out there and try to stifle him in the pick and roll. Um, now the Jazz have shooters. So I think the defense can be just as good. I think the Jazz are going to be the best defensive team in the league. If not, they'll probably be top two again. But um, you look at all the, the, the offensive power that the Jazz have added with Bogdanovich and with Conley. And with other guys getting better, like, you know, hopefully Joe Ingles comes back um, as a pure shooter like he's always been. Uh, so I think the defensive part obviously is going to speak for itself, and it's still going to be the, the mainstay for this Jazz team. Thurl Bailey with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thurl, get a, get a little X's and O's on us. How big of a deal is it that uh, teams can't go under picks when Mike Conley is running the pick and roll? Huge, man. Huge. Night in, night out. Um, and, and, and again, um, you know, Ricky Rubio was not a very consistent shooter. Um, and he wasn't known as a scorer. I mean, he had nights that, you know, he would get you that first quick step and go underneath the basket. You leave him wide open, you have time to set that shot up. But uh, now with Mike Conley and, and the way he plays, I mean, that's deadly. It's deadly. And it's it's just going to add more firepower to the Jazz's offense. Um, and, and you know, openly, you got to have that in this league now. I mean, this is the league of of knocking down the threes and, and being able to stretch the floor. And you've got a huge weapon in there uh, in Rudy Gobert to throw that high high lob pass to. And, and even with the addition of, of Green and Davis, I think it's going to give the Jazz some opportunities to, to run more to pick up the pace of the game more than they have in the past. 
So do you think that the offensive end, that'll be the biggest change? Because we asked Jeff Green about this, Thurl, and he said he that Quinn had told him that there will be some changes made. Is that what he's referring to, you think, with the uh, with the influx of, of offensive talent? I think it has to be, Jordan, because, you know, I don't know everything Quinn has planned, but I, I do feel like I understand a lot of his philosophy on the offense is – you get to know where guys are comfortable. You get to know where they can knock their shots down. And that's that's where I really agree with a lot of the analytics, although I don't buy into it 100%. Um, but it's important to have that because uh, I remember when Joe Johnson came to the team and, you know, you kind of wondered the way Joe plays. You know, he's kind of a, you know, he's a, a kind of a grind-out guy. He needs some time to kind of set his guy up. Well, Quinn, Quinn knew that. And there were times when, he gave that ball to Joe, and, and, and Joe would win the game because of the type of player that he is and, and, and the veteran that he was and being patient and getting the right shot. So I think that coaching staff of the Jazz will, will really um, highlight these players in, in places that they're really good at. I mean, that corner, the corner three, you look at what Bogdanovich brings. Not only does he bring a really nice outside shot for a guy with his height, but He's able to put the ball on the floor and create some things going to the basket. Uh, so I just see there's so much availability now on offense to be to be creative, and I'm anxious to see what, what Quinn's going to do out there. We talked thorough with, uh, with Gail Miller the other day, and she said exactly what you said, that uh, the expectation should be there to win a championship, that the Jazz have done what, what uh, they needed to do, what they were asked to do to – give uh, the, the, the team, the organization, the tools necessary to make this uh, a, a true contender. Do you think that that pressure uh, will aid them in that cause, or is that a different th- kind of pressure that, uh, that they're not used to and, and might they might have to get used to? I don't even know if it's pressure because, you know, in reality, that's what NBA players are, are striving for anyway. I mean, you're not going out and playing 82 every year and going through the preseason and training camp, you know, just to get through the season. You're trying to make that next step every single year. So I know the guys and, you know, and the coaches, I mean, that's, that's already a strive. Now, when you look at Jazz Nation, I mean, obviously there are expectations there. I mean, you can't be the same team or do the same things every year and expect a different result. And that's why this summer was so big, because in my mind, it's saying, hey, we, we, we're not messing around. We, we really got to take that next step if we're going to, uh, you know, get past that barrier almost you know, every, every season, every first round of the playoffs. And uh, <laughs> listen, I, you know, when I, when, I look, when I look at all the deals that were done this summer, and every one that I look at, I'm like, oh wow, oh really, oh my, what? You 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 know right away that Jazz aren't messing around. I mean, that's, this this is what they're going after. I mean, it's not you know, you're not sitting back and watching all these other teams make deals. You're getting better yourself, and and the West is just going to be freaking amazing to watch again this year. So, Thurl, the last question for me is uh, an important one. Curious to know who's more difficult to work with, 
a limo when you're in the studio or bowler when you're uh, calling games? <laughs> see how you see see that's the locker room, Gordon, right there. <laughs> that's the locker room, Gordon. You know you can't listen. Neither one of those guys are difficult to work with, um, <laughs> and you know I when you when I look at my duties as a pregame guy and also being with Bowler and kind of learning those ropes again, uh, you know it's it, it's really good to be able to to uh, kind of spread my wings and be able to do both. But uh, all you're going to get from me is those guys are awesome, both of them are, and, and it's been this is my 20th season in broadcasting. And it's just been uh, it's been fun to learn and, and get to that next level as well every year. So don't try to throw any salt on the broadcast in the broadcast broadcast never. booth. No, no, no. Never. Never. never trouble. No, never. Please. No, I just want, I just want that's controversial Gordon right one. there. Yeah. I just but during the breaks when you guys are talking and whatnot, you're cutting up having a great time, aren't you, Thor? Oh man. Yeah, you should be in on some of those conversations. <laughs> we talk about you every once in a while. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, Thurl, you do a great job, man. I, I think the fans know that, the, the listeners, the, the, those who watch. Uh, and after all these years, I guess uh, you wouldn't be doing this anymore if you weren't. Well, I enjoy it. You know, it's, uh, it's amazing to work with such a great group of people. And, you know, you guys included, because this it's not just about the TV uh, it's not just about the radio. It's, I mean, you you know, it's all encompassing. And so when you have a media unit like 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 we all are, I mean, me being on the show and you, know, you guys coming on TV sometimes, and so it, it, I look at it all as one package. We I think we do a great job for this this community and and uh, and Jazz Nation as a whole. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep being controversial, Gordon. People like that. <laughs> T, you are the best. Thank you so much, as always, for coming on, man. All right, guys. I appreciate you. Looking forward to the season. Right, Absolutely. You, Thurl Bailey joining us, of course, from AT&T Sportsnet. He'll do some games with Bowler. He'll be in the studio with Alema. You should, oh, you should have asked him your question that you brought up earlier in the show about what it's like to have everybody say hi to you. Oh, I should have. I should have asked him about that. Because <laughs> everybody knows Thurl. And everybody says hi. <laughs> everybody and everybody. See, it's not so much the hi. It's the, hi, I got a story for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he, you know what? He always does it with a smile. He does. Very impressive. Great dude. All right. Well, more coming up next. We're live from the tour of Utah stage number four. We're at the Utah State Capitol. Things get underway up here at 6 o'clock. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, live from the tour of Utah up here at the Utah State Capitol. Come on by and see us. If you're coming, certainly if you're coming up to the event, make sure you drop by and see us. We still have some jazz gear left. We're giving away tickets to some great concerts. If you want to go see a uh, 311, come enter to win. You want to go see Heart, come enter to win. You want to go see Godsmack, you can come enter to win those as well. All those concerts, by the way, out at USANA. You can grab tickets to those at LiveNation.com or simply come by and enter to win. Could be lucky. And we did kind of have a dispute today over what is lucky and what is not i'm telling you right now being in a plane crash is not lucky surviving a plane crash is lucky but aren't you luckier not to be in a plane crash at all well why is it uh, uh one or the other issue 
Because everyone says that uh, that uh, um, Earnhardt and his family are, are lucky. They are. They're lucky to be alive. They were in a plane I'm crash. I'm just saying they would have been luckier not to be in a plane crash at all. But that's what everyone always says. I told you, I saw three news reports, and every one of them said, Oh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. sure is lucky. Sure is blessed. Uh, he I, is. He's alive. Well, yeah, I kind of get that, but he... <laughs> Uh, you're not catching what I'm laying down I, here. I know exactly what you're laying down. I just think you're incorrect. Uh, can I ask you a quick question? We went along with Big T, so we don't incorrect. have a, a ton of time to, to chew on this. But um, And I'm granted, I'm not NFL preseason guy. Uh, I'm not glued to the NFL preseason mm-hmm. every single snap of every single game. Uh, but Kyler Murray looked terrible last night for the Arizona Cardinals. And the Cardinals themselves looked terrible and I don't think Cliff Kingsbury I don't think that's going to work you're going to draw that conclusion that quickly no I've had this opinion since he got hired but <laughs> it, it so was literally yet yeah but he was a terrible coach at Texas Tech why would he be better for the Cardinals I I I don't know I don't know how did that guy fall up like that? Because everyone's looking for, you know, the young up-and-coming coach these days. Well, he ain't it. <laughs> yeah, you got to hire the right one, right? <laughs> if, I mean, Texas, you could win at Texas Tech. Mike Leach proved that. Maybe it's not as easy as winning in a place like Texas or even Texas A&M, but you can win at Texas Tech. And he did not win at Texas Tech. Do you think people fully appreciate the progress that Patrick Mahomes made so early in his quarterbacking career in the NFL because what he has done is phenomenal. I think, and this Andy Reid said this, and I, I agree with it, but I think actually sitting behind Alex Smith for a year did him a lot yeah. good. Yeah. Andy he, gave Alex he, a lot of credit for showing him the ropes and bringing him along. And that's not the easiest to do when you're grooming your own replacement. Right. And that's exactly what he was doing. So mm-hmm. I think... In the NFL, and I've thought this for a while, I think ideally if you can have a year as a quarterback to get your feet under you, I think you can really benefit from that. Now, players have been thrown to the Wolves, and and it's worked out fine for them. Peyton Manning set an interception record in his rookie year. I remember watching John Elway in his rookie year just not looking like John Elway at so all. So there's more than one way to skin a cat. I got that. But I think ideally... Why would you want to skin a cat? I think you can benefit from a year to to kind of see how it's done. Especially when you have a quarterback of the character of Alex to, to be willing to help you. Right. That's not always the case. Remember, Brett Favre hated Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I'm not sure that Joe Montana was all that helpful initially to Steve Young. I don't either. think so either. Yeah. Hadn't Steve talked about that? Yeah, I think he has. Yeah. And I, I actually get it. You know, I think most fans out there go, oh, why wouldn't they help the young guys? It's good for the team. Because they don't view themselves as getting older. And they view that as somebody coming to take your job, which actually is exactly what it is. And they're ultra competitive about it. I remember interviewing when I worked uh, in L.A. I went out to the Dallas Cowboys uh, fall camp uh, in Thousand Oaks to uh, interview various players. And I remember talking to Ron Fellows. Is that a name you recognize at all? No. Old-time defensive back. And I was talking to him about a rookie defensive back. And Ron Fellows said, he's really good. He's really, really good. He said... 
but off the record, I have to be real careful about saying that because they're grooming them to take my job. Right. That's the way a lot of guys feel. It's a very competitive setting it's, in the NFL. It's dog-eat-dog, man. It's the way either one of us would feel, to be and honest. So, and so if you have Alex, and maybe Alex was confident that he would, that, you know, in his abilities and he'd be okay, but he... He really was stand-up in that regard. And I have respect for people who do that and who do not uh, get selfish or egocentric about their own their own situation. By the way, we've mentioned all the concert tickets and the, the jazz shirts. We have high chews as well. If anybody uh, would like a high chew, we will, uh, we will hook you up, as we did with uh, our good friend Chris Baum there just moments ago. Yeah, he did take a high chew. Those are good. Have you had one? Uh, I have had a high chew before, but I, I think it's a good thing when the the boss the boss man rolls by, you got high chews for him. That's probably we just scored <laughs> points right there. I'm not sure we did. We kind of ignored him because we were on the air. Well, we we gave him a, a smile and not shook his hand and yeah, hooked him I up did. with a high chew. I, I shook his hand. Did you shake his yes. hand? Yes. Okay. Who doesn't love a high chew? I'm telling you, we just scored points what's your, right What's there. your favorite flavor? Ooh, the apple's pretty good. Grape's not bad either. Uh, I haven't had a bad one yet, I don't think. Yeah. And look, these have been sitting in the sun. They're so all nice, soft nice and nice. And soft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get yourself a high chew there during the break, Gordon. All right, we'll have more coming up next. We're live from the tour of Utah. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, 97.5, 1280, The Zone, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. We're live here from the tour of Utah. We're at the Utah State Capitol. Uh, this race is about to start in uh, in a few minutes, Gordon, and I think uh, you and I better get comfortable. I think we're staying for the whole thing. Well, it, uh, it might be difficult for us to exit uh, so we get a chance to watch these great athletes. If this was the golf course, I'd just, you know, drive right over hole number five and get on out. <laughs> Which you've been known to do. Which I have done. In conjunction with this particular event. I was a little lost, but uh, I did do that. I did uh, drive. How, how would it be course. if I went over the parking lot where we are and the racers were on the course and they just had to swerve out of my way as I was. As you just barreled through? Yeah. I, I think that th- that would be. I think it would add to the excitement, wouldn't it? I think have you would been be to pretty jail? unpopular. Yeah, right. Yeah, there might be a trip down uh, downtown in your future. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, my guess is uh, John Kimball and the great organizers of this event might be a little sore with you, too. <laughs> Not surprised, no, just mad. It would, uh, <laughs> can you imagine that, having a car circling around the route, and they have to zip out of the way? I'm sure they could do it. I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, the the television production of this thing is, is really, really cool. We uh, Our friend Steve Brown. Uh, he rolled by a little bit uh, ago. He's involved, but we're seeing the the cable with the camera on it right here in front of us. We just saw the helicopter circle overhead. I mean, it's kind of cool what goes into a, a, a cycling television broadcast. Is that thing uh, all the way around the route? Uh, no. I'm, I'm sure that it's wow, right that there would, because it's a finish line. It would be an engineering feat to have that happen. Yeah, no, I don't. I We've don't got helicopters circling overhead. Yeah, can you hear those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they go all out when it comes to televising this thing. It's really, really cool. Yeah. 
It's well, it's fun. It's been fun to be a part of it all week long. It goes on uh, on into the weekend, of course, and uh, it's been fun to be a part of it today. People are out. Uh, the event is great. There's a bunch of booths. We're we're right next to a sub shop, so you can come get some grub. That sounded pretty good right about now. Getting a little peckish. What's that? Doesn't peckish mean hungry? I don't know. Word that you. I've never heard that word. You're kidding. Heckish? All right, talk for a second. I'm Googling. All right, I mean. No, you're, you're right. I, it's a word. I, uh, I, yeah, I, I've never heard that word. Peck, peckish, adjective, informal, meaning hungry. We were both feeling a bit peckish when huh? there was nothing to eat. You mean I knew a word yes, that you did. you did not? Yes. Cal, I can go on my vacation a happy man. Are we going to have to bring back the Jake Scott uh, word of the day? Well, it was the Monson word of the day, of <laughs> course. But maybe we need to uh, change it up a little bit because, bam, chalk one up to Jake's vocab. Yeah. There are many principles and theories and philosophies that you have no clue about, but you got a good word there. Well, and I can't take too much credit because pretty much every one of our listeners out there is like, yeah, peckish. That means hungry. (laughs) Duh, that's not even that good a word. I remember the first time I heard the word Mao. Like the former dictator of China? No, no, Mao. Like uh, the chairman? You Mao through your food when you're peckish. Oh, okay. Well, it's just a little communist joke there. I didn't, yeah, I, I, I didn't get much of a reaction. No, is today uh, Tell a Joke Day, National? It television? is Tell a Joke Day. You got a joke? Not really. You? Uh, just a lame dad joke. Okay. What did the fish say the when he swam into the uh, into to? <sighs> what What did the fish say when he swam swam into the wall? What? Damn. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Now tell the I mean, one with the finger. Jerry twirling. Seinfeld wouldn't use that joke. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. Absolutely. Do you, do you not. have a go-to no. joke, fellas? Come on, let's let's uh, let's finish up the hour strong. Here's the thing: I know I am not funny. You're not funny. No, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a joke teller. I'm not funny. You're not. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, I agree. But I didn't know that. That's self-awareness. We'll have more of the big show coming up next, live from the Tour of Utah here at the Utah State Capitol on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, big thanks to our friends up here, Gordon, at the Tour of Utah. We've had a great day at the state capitol, and uh, the race is underway now, and this is just a, a great event that's grown each and every year, and uh, America's toughest stage race, Gordon. These guys buzzing by, showing their athleticism. I don't know how they do it. I mean, I, I don't know wh- who I wonder that more about. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the gymnasts who are on that balance beam and can do like a flip and land on that, that little space without you know, falling off. Or just watching these guys, the speed that they generate on these bikes, it's just, it's uh, its extraordinary. Yeah, it's going to inspire you to go home and get on one of the, your 16 e-bikes. And, <laughs> three. Uh, I got and, three, uh, right? tool around the neighborhood. One for me, one for my wife, and one for one of my daughters, that's all. But uh, it is fun. How do you think I do on the e-bike against these racers? I think you'd lose. I, I think you're probably right. Uh, they crash. Probably. Right? Yeah. Have you ever been on an e-bike? Though? I have not. No, I can't afford it. <laughs> 
I know. I, I tried to Google it, Jake, and uh, it required a sixty dollar deposit. So. Uh, rent rent one sometime when you're back at the beach, on your vacation. Rent one. They are fun. Okay. They, no, they really are. They do give you a big boost. I'm not sure it's enough of a boost to handle these folks, but. But in all seriousness, it is a great event. I want to thank everybody who dropped by and said hello to us today. Gordon, we always enjoy it when our listeners come by, and hopefully they're enjoying the race. Yeah, no doubt. I think they are. All right. Uh, we will talk to you on Monday. I will not, however. You're, uh, uh, you're off on your vacation. I'm headed out to the beach. I'm very excited. Um, you, uh, you're you going to have a cavalcade of co-hosts next week. Um, on Monday, Scotty's going to be with you. That'll be fun. But throughout the week, PK is going to do a day. Austin's going to do a day. Bowler is going to be in the house for a day. DJ is going to be in on Tuesday. So we're uh, we're mixing it up a little bit. <laughs> but it's gonna, it, I think you guys are going to have a fun time. We will. I'm going to we'll, tune in from the road to make we'll, sure we'll you're not too you. mean. We'll miss you. But uh, we'll have a lot of fun. And that, that, I always look forward to these kinds of situations where we mix it up a little bit. Uh, yeah, it can be fun. And I think our listeners like it, too. So, And uh, you're on a remote a lot next week, Gordon, so you'll have a lot of opportunity to get out there and, uh, and meet our Say listeners. Say hi to folks, and but, I won't have to freeze in the studio. But here's what I'm jealous of. You know where you are on Monday? Where? Marley's. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I knew, that nice. Would, I knew that would bring a smile to your face. Yeah, that's some good eating. Man. Yeah, Marley's out there at the district. Yeah. And it's it's one of the best remotes because the food is incredible. So you and Scotty enjoy that one, would you? Well, what, what, there will be no doubt about that. All you right. Know, so I think we'll be eating better than you. Although you might be sitting on the beach popping grapes in your mouth, you know. Oh, what, what's the big... Uh, What's the big food? Barbecue down there in North Carolina? Why? Okay, I will have some barbecue, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, a barbecue spot that we go to every year, so that will be. But it's, this trip's mainly about seafood for me. Okay. Well, you can't we're gonna, go There's going to be a lot of Can blue I, crab are, consumed, a lot of fish. What are the uh, what are the dishes that are breaded? And uh, what are those called? Hush puppies. Hush puppies. I will have some hush puppies. That will happen. Some of that? Yep, that will happen. You know, my mom's from North Carolina, and i got a bunch of relatives down there. Should I invite him over to your place? Uh, no. Actually, no, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in meeting uh, your family. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of folks down there. I've been down in North Carolina many, many times. I'm going to have some crab cakes. Boy, I tell you. Oh, you're I'm gonna, excited. You, you're going to be feeling you're gonna be feeling fine. Yeah, we eat pretty well. So, yeah, But a lot of seafood. But we do mix in the barbecue, too. Okay. Be nice to your own family. I'll try. Because, I don't know, you get kind of cantankerous sometimes. It's tough know? to be that way at the beach, though. Yeah, I guess so. Usually you're in a pretty good mood. Have fun, stay safe, and uh, take care of that little one. All right, big thanks to uh, Thorough Big T Bailey for joining the show today. Thanks to Austin, executive producer of The Big Show. Thanks to the good folks here at the Tour of Utah. Thank you, Gordo. Thank you, Jake, and thanks to all our listeners. We could not, never do it without you. We'll talk to you on Monday on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.